Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is here. Good morning, Mark Lawrence. Natural I don't know you anything, do I? No, we're no, good. We're okay, we're up. good. <laughs> At least don't uh, have to say you're strikingly handsome or anything like that. Don't have to, but you can volunteer. <laughs> no, thanks. Oh, on the mark, sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Ooh, says Congressman <laughs> Dan, Dan Muser. Muser right. <laughs> <laughs> good morning, Dan. <laughs> hey, good morning. Ninth District U.S. Congressman. Uh, he's uh, he's a new congressman for a lot of people. Wide ranging district, all the way up to Susquehanna and Wyoming counties, and uh, did I hear you say that th- this district is bigger than Connecticut itself? Uh, it is, almost a thousand square miles larger, uh, but it's extremely manageable where I live in northern Luzerne County, if you will. It's kind of in the center. Uh, our main office is remaining in uh, Pottsville, uh, which um, is also quite centric for the for the district, but but we're now opening up offices in uh, Williamsport, as well as Tunkhannock, and we'll continue an office in, in Lebanon and in Hamburg, all the way down in uh, northern Berks County. Well, we so ser- we're, we're just ready to, uh, to, to serve the district with great constituent services. That's one thing that we can control, great constituent services. All right, well, keep up the good work. Well, thank you, and we know you get to, to visit our studios occasionally in person, so we certainly welcome you back here as uh, time sure. permits. So yeah. you have a new ninth District. We'll say that. You also have a new committee. You're on the House Financial Services Committee. So I want to start out with that because controlling the purse spring strings really relates to everything else uh, that you and Republicans wish to accomplish in the years ahead. So let's start out with uh, House Financial Services Committee. How critical is that if we're looking at finding some solutions in Washington. Well, you know, it's a, it's a very important committee. I mean, it has oversight of the SEC and oversight of Wall Street, oversight of the Fed, a monetary system, uh, insurance industry, uh, as well as uh, as well as um, federal housing. So, and 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 others. We we have a couple of uh, additional task force. We have a lot of oversight of the money flow throughout the world. Uh, we're going to be focusing on tracking funding that's going to the cartels that are poisoning our uh, our citizens, uh, as well as terrorist dollars. So it's going to be a very active um, committee. Now, the reason that I, I got on it was uh, a couple of reasons. One, it fits with my background, but, but two, we, um, we don't have any Republicans on that committee in Pennsylvania or all of New England, for that matter. Uh, we, we will have uh, one new member from, from New York, uh, Mike Lawler, who was just, uh, who was just uh, elected in. But how it's going to benefit the district, we're going to be able to work with our community banks, um, our larger banks, uh, and we're going to, one thing I'm going to be focusing on is 
minimizing, if not eliminating, uh, some of the completely uh, um, unjustified ESG mandates that are being put on banks when they do funding for uh, coal, uh, oil, and natural gas. Uh, The SEC director, uh, by the name of Gensler, uh, has set mandates on banks to require them to maintain very minimal uh, carbon footprints in their investments. And most of their their regulations are are ridiculous, uh, telling banks that they had better not work with or extend credit to coal companies, for instance, uh, wh- whether they're, whether the coal is for uh, the raw material of steel uh, to be to be used for filter systems as much of our anthracite is, or if it's to be burned. And so it's it's targeting an, an industry based upon a woke green ideology. And um, it, it has no jurisdiction. It's actually unlawful, yet they've been getting away with it. So that's going to be one of my focuses, to assist our coal industry and our natural gas industry when it comes to their access to capital. And, Mark, real quickly, you know, most small businesses have real challenges when it comes to access to capital. And I'm all about small business. I've been on the Small Business Committee. There's a good chance I'm going to remain on it. That's uh, not determined yet. That'll be this week. But I'll always be advocating fighting for small businesses as they make up 70% of the employment throughout Pennsylvania's ninth. And uh, their access to capital is is coming under various new regulations on on the community bank. So there's, there's real important work to be done there, and I hope to deliver for the ninth. A lot of turmoil, uh, Dan, in the uh, reorganization of this particular Congress. Among the things, uh, Kevin McCarthy has said that he's not going to reappoint three members of the Democratic Party to their House positions, Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell, and Ilhan Omar. And then you have the case of uh, the Republican line, Congressman Santos, who apparently he's trying to protect or, you know, maybe soften uh, what he's done. Where do you come down in all this? Well, you know, the turmoil people saw, I was certainly in the middle of it and um, on the House floor, and I would argue that was democracy um, in, in, in public view. Uh, we don't have a lot of controls on us we, in, in the Republican caucus. We, have, we all have a voice. And in the end, it made us better, and people saw it happen. Our rules are better. Uh, we will have a more strict agenda. Uh, that's in the interest of uh, of the American people. Uh, we have limits now on on, on spending. Uh, we have more balanced committees. So in the end, I think it's uh, it's united us. It aired out a lot, and it's made us stronger. Now uh, on the issues that you bring up, look, you know, um, Omar, one of the uh, members from Minnesota, uh, she's uh, you know, the fact is she's made many uh, comments that are that are anti-Semitic, uh, anti-Israel. She's on the Foreign Affairs Committee. Uh, that is a challenge because you meet with people from all different parts of the world, and if they know that there's a sitting bias, uh, that is something that is uh, not favorable. So uh, uh, Speaker McCarthy made that commitment, and, and he plans on seeing it through. Now, regarding Swallow and um, Schiff, you know, Schiff is on record for, for over the years of stating things that were terribly untrue and using intelligence from his committee for political purposes. So, look, I'm not sure if he has the, the, the uh, jurisdiction 
Well, first of all, that's not even a committee that they're on. That's a uh, that's a task force. So so that's not a uh, the intelligence isn't a standing committee. So uh, Speaker um, uh, Pelosi uh, removed one of our uh, one of our members from their uh, committees, and that was Marjorie Taylor Greene, who happens to be a friend of mine, and she's uh, actually a very effective, uh, thoughtful. Uh, member of Congress, un- unlike what most of the media projects her as, and Speaker Pelosi set the precedent of taking her off of committees, and for for what? Because she liked a a a, uh, a meme or, or whatever on social media from years ago that was anti Pelosi. So so that seemed wrong, and it was, and it was unprecedented. Uh, but here you have those on the Intel Committee. Uh, that have done things. I mean, Eric Swalwell, maybe not be a, be a bad guy. I actually talked to him on occasion. Uh, we see 180 degrees different on every policy, but he's on the Intel Committee, and he was dating a spy from the Chinese Communist Party for years. So, so, and and he was not forthright about it. Uh, they hid it. So there are some real good reasons why uh, they should not be sitting on our intelligence committee. And How about Santos? I'm sorry? How about George Santos? What do you think about him? Oh, well, well, you know, good question. Look, um, you know, he's uh, really uh, seems to be a very troubled uh, person uh, to make things up and lie. Now, I don't know all of the, all of the facts of the matter. There's a lot of uh, anecdotal information, and I hear things almost regularly on him. So, so what we need to do is get to the bottom of what's true and what's not, and we won't be asking him, by the way. Uh, we'll, we'll find out on our own. But, um, That's funny. Yeah, that is funny. <laughs> right, right. Okay. But secondly, you know, we got to get a pulse of what his district wants. Already the local party out there in Long Island has uh, voted to oust him, and I think in a unanimous way. Um, now there's also an argument that, hey, the people elected him. Uh, the people should be the ones taking them out. Now, on the same note, Congress does have the authority to remove a member. You need two-thirds vote in the House the full house in order to do that and it's happened uh, 20 times in our history 18 of those times by the way was during was right after the civil war and it was done for treason uh, reasons so so outside of that it's only been twice so it's not not something that's been weaponized or utilized much in the past so you got to be careful with that but you know we got to um, we got to see if, if the criteria is if he's taken actions that are unbecoming that of a member of Congress, I think he has. Uh, but but to what degree and how much do we do we respect the vote of the people in that district? Now they may just have to wait uh, 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 two years, twenty three months at this point. Um, and already McCarthy, Speaker McCarthy, has said he's not going to be put on any important committees. So we'll see what that means. But it's a it's a bad situation, you know. I, I look. I, I think if anybody deliberately lies, uh, even in, in, in regular campaigning, I think they should uh, get that one strike against them. And, and I think it's a two strike game if you actually do it twice or even once for that matter. I mean, you, you lose trust. One of the biggest problems we have right now is trust in our elected officials, particularly on the federal level. I think, and um, and yeah, I don't like people, Republican or Democrat, that. That helped erode that trust. So he's he's definitely not my kind of guy. You're not going to see me sitting next to him 
or conversing with him or asking for his advice. And uh, all things being equal, I wish he wasn't elected, uh, but we've gonna, we're going to have to deal with it because, you know, we don't need deceitful individuals. That, that's, a, that's a darn sure. We need people who are here for the right reasons, that were voted in with integrity, and will, um, will carry out their word. Um, you know, uh, I mean, you know, our, our government was already, as I said, lost a lot of trust. We, we can't lose any more. Let's talk about the southern border. Uh, Republicans hope to really shore things up there. What are the tangible, uh, actual, maybe hardware or software things that can be done at the southern border to seal it off? Well, I'll tell you what. It was done before. There's no question. It was the, the border was under control. It wasn't perfect, but it was one twentieth in some cases what, what it is today. I mean, there are some months that are literally 20 times worse uh, than they were in um, after a year of President Trump in office. So certainly remain in Mexico is the main thing. Um, people are coming across, Mark, and they're being coached by cartels to say in English that I'm in fear for my life from my government. Those That phrase right there warrants somebody an asylum adjudication in the United States of America. Is that crazy? That's just wrong. So that's what they're being without any background, without any knowledge. And how can you get any background when you have 250,000 illegals coming across the border on a regular basis? So that in itself, uh, our asylum laws are not being enforced. And now the Biden administration and Mayorkas want to actually lift Title 42, which will clearly increase. There's no question about it. The already outrageous number of, of people... You know, that means in three days, or excuse me, in three months, 250000 a month, that's the entire 9th Congressional District in a three-month period. So here's the thing. Mayorkas uh, is unlawfully not following the law, not enforcing the law. So, yes, there will be an impeachment. Uh, um, there's impeachment uh, proceedings uh, have been introduced, and I, I think I'm going to be supporting that. Because the man, the Secretary of Homeland Security, has looked me in the eye and told me that the border is secure. And that's quite infuriating to me and to my 700,000-plus constituency. And it should be. So it's outrageous. It's costing us tons of money. It's bringing drugs in. It's killing Americans. There's there's not only drug trafficking, there's human trafficking. Mayorkas needs to be impeached and taken out of office and, uh, and brought up on charges. Uh, of uh, malignancy, but um, you know, and, and the Biden administration. By the way, there's no other. There's no other conclusion other than they're doing this deliberately um, to to bring it to allow an open border like this to bring in millions of illegals uh, for the, for the purpose of um, of, of gaining uh, somehow, in their view, gaining uh, new support, new voters, etc., uh, etc. Et to uh, to uh, uh, to um, you know, strengthen their own party and, uh, and and political ambitions. It's outrageous. It's wrong. It's sick. Well, let's talk about documents being found in strange places. Now, President Biden historically said about President Trump, how could anybody be that irresponsible? Well, how could Joe Biden be that irresponsible? And is this a problem? Is it, you know, is, is this going to be another investigation? How do you think Congress is going to handle this? Boy, you know, you know, Biden uh, a couple of weeks back on 60 Minutes in a pompous, arrogant manner stated how 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 irresponsible. Meanwhile, he probably knew at the time 
that he, he'd already done, or maybe he didn't, certainly his handlers did. Uh, uh, the level of disorganization in that White House as a whole is, uh, is, is creating wars across the, 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 the world, uh, created our border crisis, created our economic crisis. Uh, they're, they're doing everything wrong, frankly. But uh, moving on to, to the question, uh, look, he was vice president when he took these classified documents. That's against the law. That's against the rules, and it's against the law, and they all knew it. Okay, when President Trump took them, he was president. He made acknowledgment of that he was taking some. The, his uh, place that he kept... I'm not saying what President Trump did was right, but it was not unlawful. Did he perhaps break some rules? I'm not sure about that even. But in Biden's case, he definitely broke rules, and he broke the law. That's clear. Now, they, they, they state how he mistakenly took them. Well, he's had them for six years. They're in his garage um, that, that good old Hunter has access to, who we, who we know is a deviant and engaged in highly shady business deals worldwide and being paid huge amounts of money uh, just for sitting in on a board meeting. I mean, millions and millions and millions of dollars. So, so what, which is, which is, you know, if you wrote a movie on this, it would be hard to actually uh, uh, accept and, and believe. Um, and um, and now, and now he's getting treatment. He, his house didn't get raided. Not even raided. The FBI didn't even call and say, "Hey, do you mind if we go just review some of these documents uh, of President Biden while we kiss your butt?" Because um, you know, if you don't mind, sir. In, in, in Trump's case, they, they, they were on conversation with him, they were talking, and the following day they, they, they raided his house and, and, and searched it. So the double standard is clear, there's serious bias, and we have task forces now that we have uh, Speaker McCarthy in place and majority in the House. We're going we're gonna to be looking to get to the, getting to the bottom of, of, of all of this, and hopefully uh, that's what the American people want transparency and accountability. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, one quick question. Well, I'm, it's going to be a quick question. The, the length of the answer is up to you. Uh, you and other Republicans very much concerned about what, what makes perfect sense, uh, looking into the targeting of political opponents and online censorship, the FBI helping Facebook uh, do, you know, do their uh, you know, sort of one-sided use of that platform. What can be done about that? Find out what the issue is and then what? Yeah, well, we, um, we, we just began in our, in our rules a, com- a committee, a task force, to, to review the weaponization of the federal government. And just the idea that that made the most sensible uh, name for this task force is in itself uh, very unfortunate, to say the least, and quite disturbing to the American people. So, yeah, we're, we're going to be... Um, reviewing these these matters. Uh, We're going to be calling in the FBI, both in full committee and in this task force, as to what was going on there, why was this stated, when it was clearly false, uh, and and they knew it because they had the laptop, they heard it, they reviewed it. Why'd they do that before a presidential election? So, so, yeah, we we very unfortunately have issues. Uh, We need to uncover them. We need to make it transparent. We cannot break the people's trusts. We can't. We, we look, and we have to chew gum at the same time. We have real national security issues. We've got energy issues. We've got economic issues that need to be dealt with. We need to rein in the spending, uh, and we, we need to. 
do the common sense right thing for the American people, and they have to nod and agree that, yes, we, we are operating in their interests, and that's my goal, that's my role, and um, and I think our Republican caucus is, is in line with that as well. Well, thank you again for the yes, opportunity. Thank you. Uh, you got an open mic here anytime. You can call in with specific updates on specific things anytime. And uh, we're, we're always glad to have you, Dan. Yep, we'd love to see you back yeah, in hey, the studio. Yeah, hey, likewise. And thanks. And you know what? Next time I'll definitely be in the studio. I'll, I'll be in there next month. I appreciate that invitation. All right, we'll uh, make we'll, sure. We'll bring the donuts, Dan. All right. Time for your annual donut. All right. Thank you so much, Congressman Muser. Dan Muser, 9th District on the news line, uh, helping us out there. So we are answering our questions. Uh, He says this is going to be a regular appearance. I don't know if that quite means monthly or every six months. And uh, we can ask uh, tough questions. We'll invite the audience with more fervor the next time he's back. Uh, He does want questions from the audience. Well, and we'd be delighted to have Congressman Thompson on, too. Right. Yep. Hopefully. Well, he was on a couple of weeks ago specifically <laughs> about agriculture, so right. we can get that going. He's on the U.S. Agriculture Committee, so the House Agriculture Committee, so that's uh, helpful there. All right, quickie break. We're going to return uh, with a very brief segment of Open Phones. We will be right back. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Out of auto repair. All right. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark, 1-800-795-9565. While Congressman Muser was on the line, these two texts came in. Right. One of them says, if Santos is to resign because he's lied about his background, by the same token, certainly Biden should have resigned years ago. Well, if lying were a fireable offense for politicians, okay, Trump would be gone, Biden would be long gone, well, would have never been able to Almost be president. Almost every one of them would have been gone. Of course, Santos gone. wouldn't be there. Yeah, you know. Who else is a big fat liar in Washington? Oh, Adam Schiff. Okay, yeah, well, that's true. Well, what about uh, President Obama or Bo- any of the Bushes? I never think of them as you know. I, I had my faults with all of them, but I never well, I don't, really I don't think, think of President them as Obama outright. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, you, unless you, you believe the stories about his alleged birth oh, being okay. not in this country, but if you he's could lying keep your about doctor. that, right? Remember, you could keep but, your I mean, doctor. I don't remember. Yeah, well, that was his biggest lie. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you like your plan, you can keep your plan. He hadn't read the plan either, though. So that no, was no, as Nancy Pelosi a, pointed out. A terrible <laughs> misstatement. So. But I don't think he deliberately lied about okay. most things. Do you? I mean, no, I, same with the Bushes. I think they were. No, sort I don't of, either. I don't think they lied. Um, and Clinton? Nah, he, yeah, Clinton lied. <laughs> he, he saw he saw the dark side. I once did not in a have while. sex with that woman, Oops. Monica Lewinsky. Well, except except for those times that he did. Right. Well. <laughs> 
Anyway, he denied a lot of things that, but that didn't impinge upon impair his ability to be president. I thought Bill Clinton overall did a fairly decent job as president. Well, in the manner of speaking, you can say that about Biden and Trump too. They both lie like a rug all the time, but at the same time, they have specific key policies that they keep forwarding. You know, inching forward in their own sort of ways. And, and yeah, but the difference being Biden's policies are bad for the country. Trump's were good. Well, that's an opinion. You know, you could say that all of Trump's policies were bad for the country. You know, they you can say that. I well, wouldn't. they were arguable at the time. You know, you're, you're smart enough to recognize there's two sides to all these important things. So I'm just saying that, you know, while they lied, it, well, Biden's demented now, so that's you have that add-on. But he certainly has been lying up to this point. And uh, President Trump just lied in his spare time. To, what did you say? To staying No, in that's practice. what they said about Richard Nixon. He, even if he doesn't have to lie, he just lies so he keeps his <laughs> keeps in practice. <laughs> so, uh, but in any event, oh, all the way back around, if lying were a criteria to be ousted from office, I mean, Washington yeah, would be all very, be... It'd be a barren wasteland down there. Yeah, Maybe Washington, we'd be better off. Who knows? Washington's population would consist of about 5,000 people. And then uh, one of our other... Uh, one of the other questions was, ask Mr. Muser why he wasn't on the list of 20 holding out against McCarthy for the betterment of the country. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was for the betterment of the country, to be honest with you. Well, me. yeah, that's an opinion, that it was for the betterment of the country, but at the same time, that would be a fair question. I'm sorry I didn't actually see that while he was on the line, but he does promise to make these regular check-ins with us so that uh, and I think what he's doing is uh, he's recognized that Snyder Union and Northumberland Montour counties are key areas that he wants to serve yes. and that uh, he's going to have to do something to stay in touch there. He can't come here you know, once a month necessarily anyway, at least not when they're in session. Well, let's give him credit because he doesn't put any restrictions on our discussions. He'll answer the toughest questions we have. Uh, he doesn't mind it if we give and take with him or parry with him. I mean, he, he's willing to come here and Take it as it is. Right, and I offered him an opportunity for an opening statement. You know, is there anything you want to say first? And he says, nope, fire away. All right. So that's how we get that. Look for Dan. You're listening to News Radio 1070, WKOK Sunbury, WKOK News Time. It is now coming up on 9 a.m. CBS News, then local news here on WKOK, and more on the mark. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe McGranahan is here. He's an actual conservative. I'm Follow a fakie. the bright, shiny object. You are getting sleepy. Very oh, sleepy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to hypnotize You're doing the Mark Patrick thing on me, yeah, <laughs> hypnotizing me into being conservative. You will not eat anything fattening. You will want to seal the southern border. <laughs> That's right. You would love to overspend as much as Democrats. Oh, wait. <laughs> you will say nasty things about Joe Biden. You will impeach. <laughs> yes, you will think Hunter. Biden's a criminal. Oh, wait. No, you will think Hunter Biden's a good man. Oh. (laughs) No. There could be no hypnosis. That would be more psychosis, I think, (laughs) if you thought that. All right. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please do as I've done on many occasions. Go to sunburymotors.com. Check out the inventory of Kia, Hyundai, and Ford automobiles and uh, trucks and minivans and SUVs and sport vehicles and utility vehicles. You name it, they got it. 
at the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line now open, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com, and you can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Snyder County's deputy treasurer seeking election to the top treasurer's post. In a campaign announcement, Larissa Houck says she is a Jackson Township Snyder County resident and has worked in the treasurer's office for more than a decade. We have more about her and her full announcement at WKOK.com. As he gets set to leave office, Governor Tom Wolf is looking back on his eight years in office. Our correspondent Mark Sims has that story. Wolf says he's proud of his administration's accomplishments. Done more than any other governor in the history of Pennsylvania in terms of investments in public education. We have the lowest uninsured rate in Pennsylvania history because of expansion of Medicaid. We have four new state parks, criminal justice reform. Wolf says he would have liked to do more to combat gun violence. On having had to lead the state through the coronavirus pandemic, Wolf says he did what he thought was best. And the thing that, that allows me to sleep at night is that, that I didn't play politics. I did what I thought was best. And I'll be second-guessing myself till the day I die as to whether I could have done something better. Overall, Wolf says being governor is the best job he ever had. At 74, Wolf says he's ready for retirement. Mark Sims, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Josh Shapiro will be sworn in today as Pennsylvania's 48th governor. Shapiro will be Pennsylvania's third Jewish governor. He'll take the oath of office on three Hebrew Bibles. One is a family Bible he's been sworn into office on since 2005. Another was rescued from the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh after the 2018 anti-Semitic attack there. The third is a Bible from the Weizmann National Museum of American Jewish History in Philadelphia, which was carried by Herman Hirschman, a Jewish soldier from Philadelphia during World War II. Austin Davis will also be sworn in as Pennsylvania's first African-American lieutenant governor. Mark Sims, News Radio 1070 WKOK. On to some CBS elements. President Biden facing criticism from both sides of the aisle after the latest discovery of more illegally mishandled classified documents at his home in Delaware. This follows the discovery of documents bearing classified markings at a Washington, D.C. office previously used. CBS News' Adriana Diaz reports a special counsel's investigation into the president's handling of um, materials is about to begin. At the end of an administration, both classified and unclassified government documents belonging to a president or vice president must be turned over to the National Archives. The special counsel is expected to start as early as this week. He'll be gathering a team to dig in to why those documents were not at the archives. Documents date back to President Biden's time as vice president during the Obama presidency. And a Pennsylvania case is at the U.S. Supreme Court. The court has decided to hear the case of an ex-postal worker who is suing the United States Postal Service for forcing him to work on Sundays. The former USPS employee is a Christian and says he sometimes got Sundays off, but when the Postal Service started delivering Amazon packages on Sundays, he was required to work. His attorneys say he was disciplined for refusing shifts, so he resigned and sued. The law, as it stands, says religious accommodations can be denied if it means an undue hardship on the employer. So he sued, and the U.S. Supreme Court decided to hear this. Religious accommodations, uh, being able to tell your boss when you need a day off. And, of course, he complained 
that it was the Sabbath, right? I right. I guess that's what he complained. Um, right. That's right. So he had to have the day off so he could worship and rest. 1-800-795-9565. Uh, one of our listeners sent us a note that was for Congressman Muser. came after he was off the line. But You've been talking about what's an American citizen to do if I'm in fear for my life, for my government? Yes. Yeah, so we'll forward <laughs> that to him and let him answer that in his own time. Inimitable fashion. Stan, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. Uh, I don't want to talk about Muser. I heard what he had to say, and I agree with most of it, so we'll let it go at that. I have a question for people out there. In San Francisco, I know we all look up to California, right, because they got all the all the good ideas, correct? Isn't that what we're told? Everything starts in California and heads east? That's uh, what you're saying. I don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, in San Francisco, they have what they call... African American Reparation Advisory Committee. Okay, the committee put out a draft report that they would like to pay every long-term black resident in San Francisco five million dollars and each one a debt elimination. <laughs> Which wow. you, you would hope the five million would cover. <laughs> well, no, no, that's in, 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 uh, separate. Debt, uh, forgiveness is in addition to. Now the reason for it is because of the systematic repression faced by local black community. And the last time I checked, I don't think there's been anybody in charge of San Francisco except Democrats. So if systemic racism is a problem in the city of San Francisco, there's only one place to lay the blame. Good point. I'd like I'd like some rebuttal against that because that's the way I see things. Well, it's obvious. It's you know, it's been if it's been systemic within the government, as almost anybody would agree, it has. Democrats aren't immune from being racist. I mean, neither are Republicans. It's obviously a human. <laughs> it's a human condition. So if you're human, you're a racist. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying if you're human, you can be. You wouldn't have to be. It's not a requirement. <laughs> but, but see the the. Democrats have been in complete control in San Francisco right. for decades. Right. Well, that doesn't okay. solve it. Okay. So that's just part of your uh, what do you what do you call it? Your autopsy of what caused it. But that doesn't help any matters. They're still in charge. They're trying to make good on, uh, you know, that would be a pretty excessive uh, make good. But hey, who am I to say? But if they have the <laughs> money and they want to do it, and uh, really fifty fifty billion dollars or something like that's what I heard. Well, if they paid everybody that, do you, you think they got that much money? I would. I really don't. I don't think. So, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's all a, a political game with them, and they're trying to buy votes as usual. But I can't see how they could buy any more votes because you know they've been in charge. But it just—it just more stupidity, in my opinion. You know, California was never a slave state. They never had slaves, and these people were never slaves. So, but I guess they're not doing. It. It's just systematic repression, oppression and discrimination and segregation, all that stuff that was done by the Democrats because they've been in charge. It wasn't done by anybody else. Right, it was done by people in California. That's who are are the perpetrators there. It's people. But if it's systematic and it was some government policies, according to their report, that would come down to the people in charge, correct? 
Well, they are a factor, but there's other business people and humans and neighbors and bankers. And well, yeah, but that's not, to me, that's not the point of the argument. The point okay. is, reparations are, I think, a foolish answer to a, to a problem. You know, how is that giving me $5 million going to erase the past and the maltreatment I've received over the years? It isn't. You know, the simple thing is, I like what the Japanese did. They apologized. They had uh, their prime minister a few years ago, I think it was Abe, went on an apology tour to all the places that the Japanese terrorized during World War II, and he officially apologized. You know, and it did, didn't bring back the dead people, didn't bring back the looting, it didn't bring back anything else, but at least it acknowledged the fact that an injustice had been perpetrated, and mm -hmm. it tried to make some amends. But I don't think throwing money at it, that's a test a typical Democratic solution to a problem. Well, the reparation committee uh, didn't uh, oppose, or didn't talk about just money. They talked about a hundred other things. Uh, I think there's a comprehensive, um, not guideline, but uh, I'm going to call well, it a diatribe. You want to end any type of racism, oppression, uh, you know, all that stuff, that all needs to go away, and it should. And it shouldn't be part of any government policy anywhere. Right. Right. You're okay, right. I, you know, and that's, that's my point. Yeah, you're right. They throw money at things thinking it's going to make it all better. So, so I, today I identify as black and I'm moving to San Francisco. <laughs> okay, isn't that how this works? You want your five million bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to leave San Francisco because I don't want to pay the taxes. It's going to have to be to be confiscated to pay for it. Well, you've been using your white privilege up to now. You should use your my white privilege. The, the what is my white privilege? that you have amassed because of that in order to pay the reparations to individuals who are black. What's my what's my white privilege again? How do I have white privilege? You don't. You still don't know. You still don't know the definition. Oh, please tell me. Oh my God, the actual definition. This is about the fifteenth time I've told you. I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see if I can get this right. White privilege is sort of the unspoken uh, advantages that still benefit whites in the U.S. because of the significant leg up that we've had for the past 200 <laughs> years. So, well, you can laugh at it, but since, you know, it's it's a real issue, and since so you're so not black and you think it's that funny, I think it's a real opportunity for folks to examine whether, you know, obviously financial reparations wouldn't be something, but is there any opportunity today or any words or apology or is there anything, we'll use your word, the Democrats in California can can do to blacks to, to try to level the playing field? How about treating them like normal human beings and expect the same thing from them that they expect from everyone else? To go out, do the best that they can in their life, get a job, be good uh, citizens of the community, and you know, and, and and that goes for everyone. Don't treat blacks different than whites. Don't treat Asians different than blacks. Just treat everybody the same in the way you'd want to be treated. How about we go that route? Yeah, but I don't think that's. Uh, I don't. I understand that's that's called opportunity, but uh, no lawyer would say that that's adequate compensatory damage payment. <laughs> well, you know, that's what no I'm. No Philadelphia asking, lawyer know. would say that. Well, Other I, lawyers <laughs> might. <laughs> I th I think yeah, but the lawyers are doing it for a buck. 
Right. But I think the principle of compensatory damages or reparations is to examine not only your behaviors and the actual things that people said and did, but that the long-term impact that they had. Did if, if blacks would have had more opportunities in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, would they be more, would they have even more opportunities, or, or would families have more wealth today, well, or would, would they have been able to move up sort okay. of the success let's look, ladder today? Let's look today. at it this way. You can't get money back unless you can prove that you've been injured. Take a look at the Catholic Church and what they did with respect to uh, people who were, were abused by Child priests. Sexual they had to have some documentation. They had to have some proof. Mm-hmm. They had to have something. You know. So if you can show me a black person today who has been adversely impacted by slavery, then I would say direct reparations are necessary. But if you're just saying that they've endured indignities, they have been passed over for promotion, they have been you know, unfairly treated, there are many groups, and I'm not trying to diminish what's happened to black people because it's terrible. But there have been other groups like the Irish, the Germans, who have also faced similar discrimination. And if we're going to start talking about reparations for people, we're going to start talking about reparations for everybody who's been harmed, offended, or passed over, or slighted. Exactly. Now, the Chinese are another group out there in San Francisco that were treated pretty dang bad yeah, they were. when they came here to build the railroads, weren't they? They were treated terribly. They were considered expendable, and if they died, they died. They were just pushed off to the side of the tracks, and they moved on. Right, but we don't hear anything about reparations for them, and I don't expect to. I don't want to. I don't think it's right. I think it's a waste of people's money and time. As I said, treat everybody the way you want to be treated. Treat them with respect if they earn it. If they don't earn it, I, I have no respect for criminals that go out and arm. And that doesn't matter what race they are. Okay? Well, and if you find people today who are performing these illegal acts and who are mistreating people and who are, you know, systemically taking away their rights and privileges, they should be prosecuted. Absolutely. I don't have a problem with that. If there's people doing committing crimes against other people, no matter how they do it, they should be prosecuted and arrested. But they're not. Well, and I think and the the, uh, the the point of reparations, though, is to look look much much farther back to see what is the lack of accumulated wealth that individuals who were held back, you know, might have accumulated if they'd had an equal equal opportunity. So that's the purpose of repar- reparations. Okay, I, I know you don't agree. The past, right? No, no, it's not reliving the past. I think. Exam- oh, no, that's exactly what it is. Examining your mistakes is is exactly well, what many many people and, and, do. And you can't change the past. All you can do is learn from it and move forward and don't do it again. Gotcha. All right. Noted. All right. Thank you so much, sir. Thanks for calling All right, in. You have Thanks, a great Dan. day. Yep, you too, E.B. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs> oh, we oh, have we've heard email. from E.B. too. We have. Yes, we but have. But that's not the most recent one. So no. we're going to read the most recent one from Doug, uh, probably taking Joe to task because Joe says so many wrong things around here. 1-800-795-9565. We are 100%. I don't see my name in there, so I don't think so. I think it's in there. You just have to read between the lines. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwko.com. Text us at 70236. We had Congressman Muser on the line first. It uh, didn't specifically say so, but in the past has talked about the fact we have got to go after Hunter Biden so we can get to the bottom of it and uh, find out what he all his misdeeds were. And at the same time, the government uh, getting involved in Facebook to make sure that Republicans get uh, less opportunity to uh, for their remarks. Uh, they want to get to the bottom of that. Uh, impeach Mayorkas. Seal the Southern border, start, uh, uh, what do they call it, stop in Mexico again, get that going, or stay in Mexico, and 
wide range of other topics. What's your view on those topics? Those are good Republican ideals that uh, he was talking about. Uh, let's see. Of course, reparations, uh, trying to uh, speak uh, common sense to uh, people in San Francisco is not always a good idea, but stand try. 1-800-795-9565. We will be right back. Mm. Mm. When car repairs get difficult... Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections? Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6. 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the mm. Mm. out of auto repair. All right, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at onthemark at WTKOK.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword O2M. Lots of folks have sent us lots of messages, so I'll turn the screen over to Joe and let him start reading. Right. Uh, one of our texters says, much of the Biden document story is fishy. For instance, does anyone wonder why high-priced lawyers were moving his office out of the Penn building? Well, good question. We talked about that. These individuals don't have security clearances, but they are regularly coming across classified documents, and that's a valid question, I think. Uh, they're not uh, screened by anyone. X out something if you do read no, it. No, I w- I, that was a text. I didn't want to close your text messages. Anyhow, E.B. says, <clears throat> in New Mexico, a failed Republican State House candidate named Solomon Penna was arrested and charged with paying four men to carry out a series of shootings. The targets were two Democratic State House legislators and two county commissioners. Those people's homes were shot at, and one victim had a bullet go through her 10-year-old daughter's bedroom. Thankfully, no one was killed. Police say he attended one of those shootings and even pulled the trigger. He was a hardcore Trump supporter, a gun nut, and an election denier. I don't know where she gets all this, but let's assume that she's right. Have you ever noticed that it's always Republicans behind these things? Really, E.B.? Have you (laughs) ever heard of a guy named James Hodgkinson? He shot and really wounded a guy named Scalise, who was a United States congressman. He was a Democrat who shot up a Republican softball team. Right, so it's almost always Republicans. Right. Well, no, in E.B.'s world, it's always Republicans. How many right-wing MAGA lunatics have carried out acts of violence now. I've lost count. It's time to recognize that with its fetishization. I've never heard that word before. I guess it means turning it into a fetish of guns. Hateful rhetoric. (laughs) I can't say that word. Fetishization. I guess that's it. You're doing good. Fetishization of gun, hateful rhetoric, and election denial. The Republican Party has become a training ground for domestic terrorists. We saw it on January 6th. We saw it in the Paul Pelosi attack, and we're seeing it again now in Penna's case. Oh, wait, I forgot. We have to endlessly rehash the Hunter Biden thing rather than taking a hard look at anything Republicans do wrong. 
hmm, priorities, I guess. Well, we have to... Uh, but E.B., you never take notice of anything the Democrats do wrong without saying, well, the Republicans did it worse. Come on, have a little fairness. It, it would do you good. I'm sure we'd find it refreshing. We have to impeach Mayorkas, too. Let's not forget about that. Well, I, I think that's a waste of time, to be honest with you, but in any event. And Craig says, Trump may have sketched or ex- stretched or Stretch. exaggerated the truth at times, but I challenge you to point out an actual made-up story or a lie that he told. Okay, go ahead, Mark. You said you had 600 of them. Uh, lies. Oh, 600 <laughs> lies. But this is a, actually, uh, this may be true, this observation that uh, President Trump simply stretched the truth about everything and exaggerated about his own abilities. He lied and about things. the size of his um, uh, inauguration crowd. He lied about the size of his private parts, too. He we, did? We, we don't have verification <laughs> on that, too. But anyway, so, um, but this, uh, Craig has a, has a, there is an element of truth to this in that uh, President uh, Trump was always lying about actual things. You know, he would lie about things that really didn't need to be lied about, you know, saying that the economy was increasing 10% every year when it actually was increasing 5%, which is pretty darn good. Yes. But he didn't have to lie about it, but he did anyway. So Well, Craig think, continues. Oh, I'm sorry. He says, Biden tells the same lies and made-up stories, which are proven lies, and over again, even when the story had been previously publicly debunked. That's pathological. I think President Biden's lies have an element of truth to them, and they all have a reality base, you know, I mean, he has an actual uncle. He just didn't get a chance to put the Purple Heart on him. He was already dead by the time it was And so was his father, who he claimed uh, wanted wanted him to do it. (laughs) Right. I I don't see Biden as just making up whole stories out of whole cloth like Santos did. I I think Biden's lies all have a tether to reality. That's just my opinion. Well, if you're going to lie, does it really have to be tethered to reality? Why not just make up some whoppers? But, uh, you know, if you're going to lie, you might as well be grand about it. Let's get pick up the scale here. Well, what are some examples of Trump and Biden lying where they just make up a story totally out of the blue? Well, I mean, let's face it. Any big lie has some element of truth to okay. it for it to be like believable. Like I was there, or I saw this, or I have a yeah, relative, I mean, or right, I did right. this. He did have a, an uncle who served in World War II. Whether or not he deserved the Purple Heart's another issue. And whether he, whether Biden <laughs> gave it to gave him or not, as we know, is not true. Vice presidents don't typically hand out awards and decide who gets well, them. Well, he was a senator at the time, but in either case, um, <laughs> the guy was already dead by the time the award happened, or by the time Biden... By the time well i mean in the story he told the time frame in which he placed it the guy the gentleman was had passed away right so he's just significantly misremembering and I'm exaggerating more, both i'm more concerned to the man wandering up to a salvation army officer and suggesting that the guys in the secret service <laughs> because he has an s on his collar it's a good thing he didn't have the ss <laughs> i i still stand by that he would have said what are you doing here in america superman thank goodness you're here <laughs> all right one more in the upper right hand right. corner uh, rob says concerning the Biden document scandal. Yesterday, the White House said there is no visitor log who came to his Delaware home. I don't know what is the more serious scenario, having a log that showed that maybe Hunter Biden, visiting Chinese and Ukrainian officials and other unvetted people, visited the home, or that we don't know who had access to the classified documents that Biden had to know were in his house. For all the conspiracy theory people that say Republicans planted them, if that were the case, I'm sure there would have been video evidence showing that happening. Yes. Well, yeah, you yeah. have a lot of security breaches in this whole thing. 1-800-795-9565. Uh, Eric's going to be the last caller before a quick break. Go right ahead. 
morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. I'd like to bring our discussion back to uh, Pennsylvania, if I might, for a few minutes. Uh, I want to uh, applaud uh, the eight years that uh, Governor Wolf was in office. Uh, I worked for the man the last few years of my career. I found him to be a great boss, meaning that his appointees, who were my bosses, did a good job. I believe he looked uh, uh, after the citizens of Pennsylvania and had the citizens of Pennsylvania's welfare at uh, the heart of most of the decisions he made, hence the lockdown we had or, or the, the uh, whatever you want to call it during COVID, which I believe saved, you know, thousands of lives. Uh, he, he put the uh, interests of the average Pennsylvanian above uh, big business or even some small businesses, which were obviously hurt by that. But I believe he acted the best way he could with the limited amount of information we had at that time. And, and I'll take everyone back to uh, early 2020, where n- none of us really knew uh, you know, how bad this was, it was going to be, and everything it was a pandemic. We had people dropping left and right. We had people at Geisinger Medical Center couldn't even get into the emergency room. Um, and I thought he acted, uh, was, was a great governor for eight years. Uh, willing to hear what you, uh, think about that. I don't think the pandemic was his finest hour, but I think he was a, certainly a competent governor. And I, fr- frankly, as a person, I liked him. I had a chance to meet him several times. I thought he was a straight shooter. I thought he cared about the state of Pennsylvania. Um, I don't think he was by far the worst, anywhere near being the worst governor we've ever had. I'm not certain how high up on the scale he is toward being the best, but I think he certainly was extremely competent. And I think he had the best interests of the people of Pennsylvania at heart, even though I severely disagree with some of his pandemic decisions. Yeah, I and think even it, he admits he's going to second guess himself on those. Right, and then he, as as his self-stated obsession with saving lives, uh, everything he did, he's you know was uh, tinged with this idea of erring <laughs> on the side of caution. If people said that masks worked, but other people said they didn't, he would require them, and just in case they did. Or if he talked about um, you know the vaccinations, if other people said they didn't, they were anti-vaccination and didn't want to get it. He said, "Well, I think it." does work i'm going to do it and i'm going to require it in some places so um yeah so that's that but then back on education and so on i think education advanced yeah. i think uh, you can say that economic development wasn't thwarted it could be a little bit more natural gas friendly but dep is so inadequately staffed so it really doesn't have a significant break on what's trying to you know development in that area well, he bowed, so, uh, I think, in, on the pandemic side, he bowed way too much to the teachers' unions. Right. And this uh, regional uh, natural gas consortiums, cockamamie in my view, it really holds Pennsylvania back, although it certainly benefits Maryland and other states a lot. Well, and even, you know, to be honest with you, I, I always remember what John Gordon said about him. Um, you know, he, he wasn't vindictive. He didn't try to harm people. I mean, he he tried to shoot fairly with people. I mean, he called. John recounts the story of him calling, saying, hey, we're you know, we're going to work on the bypass. I'd like that to be the first big thing. He reached across the aisle and tried to work with Republicans. I mean, I, I think he'll go down as one of our better governors. And I think uh, after a while, he stopped talking to the Republicans because he knew what the answers were. So it's during the pandemic. You know, they really broke off contact because, but I think he probably knew why, why you know, why, why call Eric? I know he favors uh, Democratic policies over Republicans under most cases, so why even call him, Eric? So there's your answer. I'll, uh, I'll give one, I'll give one quick anecdote. Uh, I used to work in Strawberry Square. My staff would, would, uh, Strawberry Square has a, a food court, right, in the, uh, 
first and second floor there. And the, and the governor actually come over there for lunch once in a while. Two of my staff were down there, saw the governor, and were trying to, if you guys, hey, photo bomb, you know what I'm talking about, trying to catch him in a, in a uh, you know, a photo with their camera and so forth, with their phones. And he caught them at it. And he, of course, he had two big, burly, you know, state police officers with him. And instead of swapping them off, what he did, he turned around and said, let's get this picture right. <clears throat> he he turned around, handed their camera to the two state police officers, and had them take a quality picture of, of my two staff members with them, with both their cameras, which they now treasure as, as a great. But it just shows that he was a very personal person um, and appreciated some of the people who actually worked for him. Mm-hmm. So, just well, a little I'll, antidote. I'll have to send you my picture with the governor. <laughs> Their arm wrestling over the CSVT. <laughs> we were fighting over. Right <laughs> okay. And, and, and you're trying, and he, and you're trying to get the throughway through at the same time, but you want those cameras, cameras catch the speeders at the same time, right, Joe? That's right. <laughs> we're trying our best. You let the bypass go through, but by God, if they're coming through smoking them, they better be following the law. <clears throat> and stopping at all the stop signs. Yeah. yeah uh, uh, well, no, I agree with that. So, <laughs> uh, and last point, I of course you know I have to have my little uh, last jab in. Uh, Governor Shapiro, uh, very interesting. Uh, another Democrat, third time in a row. Very rarely happened. Second would not, time, second time. Would not in have a row. happened if would not have happened if uh, if uh, former President Trump had stayed out of our state election. I really believe that the Republican candidate should have been there, would have been in, and would have probably be defeated Shapiro. But you got President Trump trying to put his hand in Pennsylvania politics, yeah, and Mas- I'm happy we Mastriano. have another Democratic governor. Yeah, I don't think Mastriano would have won. I mean, I think Shapiro was certainly the superior candidate, and I suspect he will do a good job as governor. I may not like everything he does, but I certainly want to give the guy a chance, and I think he's been a good attorney general by and large. So. Yeah, Mastriano was such a bad candidate. He messed that up on his own. He didn't need Trump's so. help. No, but it, let's bear in mind that um, Governor Shapiro now contributed money or ran ads supporting Mastriano, uh, Mastriano right. so that he knew he could have him, him, him for right. lunch. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Eric. Thanks Thank for calling Eric. in. one 800 We've seen that among national Democrats, too, this idea of, you know, supporting individuals in your opponent's primaries. Well, because I'm sure Republicans have done it, too, to be honest with you. Yeah, because you want, you want the weakest candidate to make it to the top. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com. Text us at 70236. You want to read Tom's email? Yes, Tom says, Joe McGranahan and EB's fairness toward the other party are on a par with one another. That's a reasonable comment. (laughs) I'm not sure. I don't quite get it. Okay. He's saying that I'm as bad in coming after Democrats as EB is coming after Republicans. Okay. Some days. Yep. For the show, anyway. 1-800-795-9565. Please call us now. We'll be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing, they can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. 
See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook, Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Now, tonight on WKOK, we'll have Shikinami Wrestling. Kevin Hur is going to be doing the Matt Side Report. And then the moment the wrestling match is over, no coach interview, no nothing. We're going to flip over to the Penn State-Wisconsin game in progress. We'll join that in progress. All right. That sounds like a plan. Now, what I would recommend you do tonight is you watch the match on the SBC Sports Live YouTube channel, Seals Grove, Shikinami, and then listen to Kevin Hurd do the Matt Side Reports. And it's, it's like when you're watching Penn State football on TV, turn down the sound and put Steve Jones up. Okay. Got to hear Steve. He's always got good oh, comments. He does a super job. Yep, he sure does. And he's not like a, a terrible homie about everything. And he's a nice guy. Well, yeah, he's a super nice guy. Okay. Now, Doug says, speaking to people who have lied. Uh, speaking of anti-vaxxers, please go right ahead. All right. The Center for Disease Control came out last week and said that there are a lot of cases of young people getting myocarditis and adverse reactions from the vaccine. Then I see this morning there was an article in one of the national newspapers that claims that COVID deaths and hospitalizations are being overcounted. Wow! That they're finally admitting to some of these things, but they're also a little late to the party, are they not? All of us science-denying anti-vaxxers have been saying these very same things for quite a while now, but have been called crazy conspiracy theorists by the same people who are slowly now starting to admit that some of these things said about COVID and the vaccine are in fact true. Many so-called experts knew some of these things weren't true, but continued to lie to us in order to continually push as many people as possible to get the jab. I don't expect much to change from these facts coming out, but it is comforting to know that maybe us conspiracy theorists, theorists aren't quite as crazy and stupid as we've been made out to be. Signed by Doug. All right. Anti-vaxxer. Self-described. I didn't make that up. Well, you know, there are there are instances of people being harmed by this, but I think if you look at the grand scheme of things, counting the number of people who've gotten the jab, as they <laughs> well, like to call it, but if there's I risk, call it a shot. <laughs> no, but I see what they're saying. If if there's some risk to it, why kill yourself, so to speak? If you you probably can survive COVID anyway, <laughs> so why uh, risk uh, an additional medical procedure? I get it. Well, okay, but. You know, I, I'm willing to take Don't the chance. Don't go looking for trouble. <laughs> All right. Uh, there's three new text messages that have come through. Okay. Uh, let's see. Text message says, Mark, here's one of many yesterday. Here's one of many. Yesterday, Biden told the congregation at MLK's church that oh he used to God. attend there. No <laughs> one there remembers Get him. Get out of here. <laughs> and uh, now, why would President Biden be attending a church in Atlanta? Maybe he uh, was... Um, went there occasionally just to visit. I mean, that would make sense. It's a landmark church. They worship thousands of people each week. But uh, <laughs> I didn't hear that one. That's a good one. All right. Another listener says, hey, Eric, did Governor Wolf do a good job when he forced COVID positive seniors into nursing homes, causing thousands to die? <laughs> Dies. And, well, and Governor Wolf to this day, I mean, and, you know, maybe it, it, people at nursing homes say it's not 100% true, but Governor Wolf says actually when anybody went back to a nursing home, they went back to a nursing home from whence they came and COVID was already there. That no patient that was transferred from a hospital to a nursing home introduced the nursing home 
come to the COVID. It was already there, but uh, people that we know, and they've called this show and said, well, actually, that's not true. One of our residents caught, and there's many cases of this, uh, people saying the same thing, that their resident caught COVID at the hospital. You know, they left the nursing home to go to the hospital for X, caught COVID while they were there, then came back while they still tested positive uh, into a nursing home that had no uh, COVID in it yet. Okay. So, so folks say that, uh, of course, our, our good Secretary of Health and that the governor were making up statements as they went along on that, or were uninformed, one or the other. Well, the you know, I think there were certainly mistakes made during this pandemic. And if you're going to be fair about it, you've got to say we were in uncharted territory. The last time it happened was in 1917, and there's no one alive today who was there during that pandemic. So let's give people a little bit of a break. My problem is that people are more than willing on the left to give the governor a break, but they weren't willing to give President Trump a break. You know, mm-hmm. oh, I can remember callers saying, those deaths are on his head. You know, but at the same time, when the governor put people in nursing homes, that was a problem. Nobody said the deaths were on his head. So, Well, and I think some of President Trump's actions were laudable during the pandemic. Didn't believe in vaccines, but made sure that one, you know, research was expedited. Didn't think they needed that hospital, the military hospital ship in New York, but sent it anyway. And I don't believe it was adequately used, as was the, the criticism afterward. So I think people were flying by the seat of their pants trying to, you know, do what they can to help and save lives, even though they might have been opposed to some things. President Trump probably didn't help things when he talked about hydrochloroquine or Clorox or things like that. Well, and then when he talked you know, talked out loud, I mean, he should have kept his mouth shut about the, and then people, the Democrats, are taking it. Oh, he's suggesting people shoot Clorox down their veins. And he didn't suggest anything of the kind. Well, he t- was talking about whether close. or not there could be some kind of a an antibacterial device that would stop the vac- stop the virus or, well well not the virus but stop the bacterial infection so I mean, you never talk out loud when you're the president of the United States. But these same people <laughs> don't, you know, they think how stupid and how crazy that was. But Joe Biden wandering around shaking imaginary hands and telling the Salvation Army guy <laughs> that he's the he served service. in the Secret Service, too, that doesn't bother them <laughs> at all. You know, that's normal behavior. All right. All right. 1-800-795-9565. One more text at the bottom, and that kills that. All list. right. And then the Democratic Party alone should pay the reparations to the black community since they were the party of slavery, the KKK, lynchings, and segregation. Well, I think that America was against blacks then. There were many, many, many racist people, Republicans and Democrats. You certainly can say the Dixiecrats held on to slavery, but the rest of the country allowed it and said, okay, if they're going to be racist and mean to blacks and well, even hold Abraham them Lincoln, down even in, Abraham, in the South, then, then the rest of the country, Republicans and Democrats, said okay. Abraham Lincoln favored sending them initially, favored sending them back to Africa. You know, if we're going to do it, let's send them back to, we, we took them from there, let's put them back where they belong. Do that while you can, kind of send them back, okay. But, you know, that today that's not a popular popular thing either. So. <laughs> well, they're most of them, are, most of the blacks in the U.S. are born here, so. And of course, the Dred Scott country. decision, what was it, were four-fifths of a person or three-fifths of a person? I forget what the number, the exact number I'd is. I'd say three-fifths. Three-fifths. And I don't know right. anything about history. All right, yeah, Dixie Did Crest. you once have three-fifths? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I had the better part of one-fifth one Did time. Did you one time? Okay. I woke up at the hospital. I bet you had a heck of a hangover. <laughs> oh, God. To this very day. I bet. Well, uh, that's it. 
That's it. We're There's finished. nothing in front of you. Everything's no, done. We're done. Right, 1-800-795-9565. We've got a brief segment, 100% open phones right at the moment. No lines lit. So you can talk about anything that Congressman Muser hopes to accomplish. Maybe you wish to set Joe and I straight. We try to be reasonable observers of history with our little partisan taint added to things. 1-800-795-9565. One of our good listeners uh, who is very anti-vaccination, at least uh, the COVID vaccinations, said that more details are coming out about the potential or actual hazards of vaccination and or some of the COVID treatments. Uh, what's your view on that topic? 1-800-795-9565. Joe and I and us have done uh, sort of a review of Governor Wolf's administration and President Biden's administration when it comes to truth or COVID or actions taken or things not taken. Did we overlook something pretty bad or certainly accomplishments? President Trump left office with uh, at least a half a dozen accomplishments, not least of which was helping to seal the border as best he could and uh, with no money <laughs> and uh, let's see what else 1-800 well I guess well, that's we what talked we talked about, about Dan Muser's conversation you know what I wanted to ask him and we didn't get a chance to you know he talked about uh, the process of electing Speaker McCarthy and that how, what, how, what an exercise in democracy it was I was going to ask him if we'd had a little more time uh, whether or not he thought the speakership was weakened and if a weakened speakership is in fact a good thing Okay. Oh, yeah. Better for uh, individual voices to be heard. 1-800-795-9565. You can call us with your view on these topics now. You can email us at onthemark at wdkok.com. And you can text us at 70236 and include the keyword OTM. (laughs) When car repairs get difficult. Well, I... I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections? Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6. 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the Mm. out of auto repair. Ain't that amazing? You have to turn the water (laughs) off. (laughs) Otherwise, you got a face full of water, right? right. So, uh, upper right hand corner, go ahead. All right. In 2020, I would call in to give an alternative view on the vaccines and to be cautious only to have Mark in the background saying, fake news, fake news, fake news. (laughs) (laughs) Am I that bad sometimes? Well, sometimes you are. Oh, dear. Sorry. Well, please, Dennis, do call in. We'd love to hear from you under any circumstances with any remark. Bill, you're on the mark. Go right ahead. Hey, good morning. Hey, when you were reading them, them last stats before the commercial, you made the comment that uh, Trump did his best to build a wall with no money. Then you chuckled, right? Uh, you have to keep in mind that Trump allocated money from other areas of the government, right? He did not, like Ben Dunn Biden, he did, he's not printing fake money in the, in the economy and, and, and bankrupting everything this country with fake money and that, that was an insult that you should take back that trump was building that wall with no money 
Yeah, I meant no congressional uh, he money. Had, he had this country going in the right direction, and this corrupt, this corrupt coup, and uh, been done Biden. You got to take that back. <laughs> okay, I'll take it back. You know, and, and so, but so that I can clarify, I meant Congress wouldn't give him any money. I know he used money that had already been allocated within the U.S. Correct. military for Correct. other purposes. And yeah, he's got. And you have to agree, Biden's written fake money right now and flooding the economy with fake money that we don't have. Uh, that he, that we don't we don't have the background to cover it. I think that was under the Trump administration. I think that's a presidential no, it's thing. Not. No, it's not. No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Go ahead. No, oh. it's just uh, it's it's. That's you, a Republican you, thing only. To live within yeah, you your means. It. Listen, you if, if, you're 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 a self-proclaimed intelligent man, right? And if you cannot see... I do not that. think so. <laughs> Joe, have I ever said I was intelligent? <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> when? I never did. It would be a lie, but, and everybody knows it. <laughs> Actually, you say quite the opposite. You always say are, that... Are I not know. Check, right? <laughs> and, uh, and you, and you, have, to, you have to understand that uh, the, the only reason why them documents came out from Biden, the only reason that they said they found them documents and their own goodwill is because the Republicans won the House. If the Republicans won the House, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have heard a peep about them documents because we have the, the subpoena power, and, and you know what? And they're scared. They're okay. scared, and people are starting to throw everybody under the bus because we got the House. <laughs> but I think what's worse... That's the, what's, that, that's the truth. What's worse is that, that the... If the Democrats had the House, <laughs> you wouldn't Bill have heard about Joe Biden in his garage. Bill, what's worse is the fact that they knew about it and didn't release it to the American public until after the election. Yeah, that's diabolical. That was. No, I mean, it wasn't. It was, they knew about it. They knew about it two months before they raided uh, Trump's place. Mar-a-Lago. And Trump volunteered everything, Right. And mm. you have to understand, Mar-a-Lago was part of the government, right? The United mm. States did own that Mar-a-Lago. That they place did? is like Fort Knox. No, no, President they didn't Carter, know it. President Carter was the one that put that up for sale. That was supposed to be, a.k.a. the second White House. That thing is like Fort Knox. Trump right. had his stuff in there. That is guarded. There's high walls. That place is like solid. All right, it's we got you. Garage. Thank you so much, Bill. Garage. Thank you for calling in, sir. Thank much you. much appreciated. Thank you, sir. Hey, get on board, baby. Okay, we're working on it. Thank <laughs> you, sir. All right, I appreciate that. Yeah, that last call for action is what I, we really love. Thank uh, you, sir. So call we, back tomorrow. So we said this straight. I just looked it up. Mar-a-Lago was purchased by Trump for around $10 million. It's not owned by the government. He used the mansion as a residence for eight years before converting it to the Mar-a-Lago Club. His family maintains private quarters in a separate closed-off but area. But was it ever owned by the U.S. government? That's what Bill said. On the Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street, Sunbury, and Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. Find out tons more about them at sunburymotors.com. Do as I do. Go to the quick lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury. Get your blinker fixed or your mirror pulled in or whatever it takes. That's where they specialize in all types of service on vehicles, state inspections, nitrogen for tires. They're open Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday, 6.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. Find them on the web at sunburymotors.com. Buy a Ford, Hyundai, or Kia from the Sunbury Motor Company. Sunbury Motors. This is WKOK Sunbury.